I'm trying to join with computer audio. Oh, okay. And we are recording. I will admit you. Okay, do I need to hang up? Yeah, I'm gonna hang up. Love you. Oh, hi. <laughs> I was like, I can't hear you. This is gonna work real well. And <laughs> myself muted. That was great. Good time. What a good time. Okay. I cannot figure out where to put it in the podcast, but you you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about when I had that meltdown and I had all those books on <laughs> on singleness and like waiting and dating and marriage. Like I had like a, a ton of books and I had a meltdown and I was like, I'm just going to take these to half price books and maybe they'll be worth something if I can sell them. And then two weeks later, you told me about all the books on single <laughs> singleness and waiting and marriage that you had found at half price books and you literally had gone and bought. Right. For a great price. <laughs> Not, not like the free price it would have been if I had just given them to you. It's right. like one of the my favorite things that has ever happened to me. So there's that. <laughs> I can't. That worked out super well. Yes. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> you ready? Yes. Now that I've coughed. Oh. Okay. Drop my phone. <laughs> I saw that. I can see. You. All right. Hi, I'm Melinda Poitras, and you're listening to He Said, She Said, The One with Books and Bros. You've just heard me talking about some books that um, I purchased and then got rid of, and that Cynthia then purchased. Um, Cynthia is not a bro. But she is willing, I feel like, to meet some. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So there is that. And Cynthia is actually here to talk about singleness today. This was a topic that she picked. But before you get into that, Cynthia, why don't you tell us some things about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, now I feel like I'm on like a dating show. Like, yes, long yeah. walk on the beach. <laughs> right. My favorite date is fill in the blank. Um, no, my name is Cynthia Cummings. I am originally from St. Louis, Missouri, which is how I know Melinda. Um, I don't think it would be a far stretch for me to say that Melinda and I are best friends. Not far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I am, well, actually in two days, depending on when this comes out, February 3rd, I will be turning 26. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's pretty exciting. Birthday week. Woot woot. Um, yeah, I am an administrator for a church, for a home missions church here in Oxford, Mississippi. I've been here for three years. August will make four years. Um, busy all the time, but, you know, just kind of hanging on for dear life to what the Lord has started in my life. So, yeah. And I'm so proud of you, even though you left me. It's <laughs> uh, you can pick that up with the Lord. So, wow. 
I can't really <laughs> argue with that one. There's that. Now I'm speechless. So maybe you should go ahead and launch in to the topic that you picked, which is singleness. And talk about what you said about singleness feeling like a punishment sometimes. Sure. Yeah. So Melinda and I talk quite a bit. And I mentioned to her that it seems to be my lot in life to wait upon the Lord. Um, and a lot of times whenever you're waiting, particularly in, I guess, relational terms, it feels like a punishment. It, it feels like you're being punished for something that you really don't have a lot of control over, um, that God kind of has you in this holding cell and is like, just, just wait here, just wait mm -hmm. here. And mm -hmm. then he kind of walks away. And um, it really has a lot to do with your mindset though and your viewpoint. And this is something that has not come naturally to me. It's something that I have been taught and uh, something that has been pressed into my mind, um, especially from my pastor, just about your viewpoint of, is this punishment? Is this a time of punishment or is this a time of preparation? Right. And that's not an easy thing for me to do all the time, um, just because it's, it's very easy for me to be self-centered and say, but this is my life. And God says, yes, you're right. And so I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to make sure that you are in the place that you need to be before I throw you into a relationship and you ruin it because you weren't prepared for it. Right. It's so good. One of the other things that we talk about a lot is, or are, it's the later it gets, the worse my grammar becomes. <laughs> but one of the things that we talk about are the things that beautiful, wonderful, well-meaning married people say. <laughs> Um, when you're ready, they will appear. That one makes me smile. I'm like, Karen, you were not ready. Do not even, I saw you burn water and then throw the pot at your husband's head <laughs> and then storm out of the house. Like I cannot. Um, also when you stop looking for your spouse, you will find them. I'm like, how am I supposed to find something yeah. that I'm not looking for? Or when you fall in love with yourself, someone will fall in love with you, which I just think is all around. Bad advice because who likes who likes a conceited person? No one. <laughs> what was the one you were talking about? You had an analogy about a Ferrari. Yes. So um, my favorite, my, one of my favorite lines that, like you said, Melinda, good, beautiful, well-meaning uh, people that I love dearly, married people, uh, will say to me, and I know I'm sure people that are on here they've heard it as well is enjoy the ride. Just, enjoy, you know, enjoy singleness, enjoy being single. And I understand, you know, I get to go to bed whenever I want. I, you know, I'm not awakened by children. I'm all of the things, but they'll say, and just Cynthia, just sit back and enjoy the ride. And to me, it is the equivalent of a married person who has been given this gift, you know, cause marriage is this big gift between two people. And, um, they say, Cynthia, enjoy the ride. And they go and like hop in their Tesla or in their Ferrari, which is marriage. While I am like trying to fix a flat on my bicycle, which is yeah. single. And so, you know, each are a gift, each are a mode of transportation for mm -hmm. a specific reason, but like, do not compare your Ferrari to my bicycle with a flat wheel, please. Yes, exactly. I do want to 
put as a side note, and I think you already mentioned that we do understand that like sometimes singleness is a cruise where we're drinking like, you know, holy mimosas. Can we even, is that just orange juice? See, I don't even know enough about it to know. So it's okay. I couldn't tell you. I can't. But you know what I mean? And they're like, they're like in a paddle boat that's on fire. You know what I mean? I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Each their own. But I'm just saying sometimes some of those things drive me insane. Um, Let's talk about the time that you woke up on your birthday. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. But you woke up on your birthday and that you decided that you were not ever going to be married and what the Lord said to you about that. Yeah, so uh, I almost said word to your mother. Uh, word, to, word to those out there that aren't aware of this. Most, if not all, of the girls that I've ever known in my life at one point or another, have this desire to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> I have a friend whose sister had like scrapbooks prepared before her wedding, tons of scrapbooks of what was going to happen. Other girls have Pinterest. Some have no idea. Some want to elope, you know, all of these things. And I, along with the rest of my gender, uh, want to be married. You know, they have that desire. We have that desire to be married, but on my 24th birthday, so almost two years ago uh, to the day, I woke up and for the first time in my life had zero desire to be married. No desire at all. Um, kind of woke up just in a bad funk, like in a bad mood. And I remember just kind of like getting out of bed and shuffling along and it was, it was my attitude that was the worst part of it because I was like, well, fine. You know, God, if you are not going to send this man into my life, if you're not going to bring my husband to me, because obviously you're not, you know, you haven't, I'm 20, right. 24 now. Oh. And, um, <laughs> Sorry. The ancient age of 24 days. Exactly. <laughs> ancient days. Well, it feel, you know, it honestly feels oh, like that sometimes when you've got people who are, you know, 18 know. married and, ooh, and we'll, we'll get into that here in a minute. It's fine. Um, but it just, it was like, I've, I've, I've reached the age of, uh, of marriage and yet nothing is happening. And, um, I had, I had this mindset and I had this mood for about a week. And that was the longest that anything like this had ever lasted until the Lord finally kind of smacked me upside the head. Um, I don't know if the Lord does that to any of you listening. Uh, that's the way that he gets my attention. I don't hear the still small voice. Apparently I just feel the the thud of his hand. Um, but the Lord kind of hit me upside the head And he said, but what about the people? And I was like, what people, what people like me, am I the people, you know, (laughs) me and my husband, are we the people that you're talking about? And he said, no, he said, what about the people that will not be saved? What about the people that will not find truth that will not find salvation because of you and your husband's ministry? Like you think that I am ill-prepared. You think that I haven't lined all of this out for you, but I have. And if you don't stick to the process, if you don't keep holding on, if you don't keep believing that I have a purpose 
you won't stay on this road and you won't fulfill the ministry uh, the collective ministry that I have for you and your husband and these people will be lost. And he was like, are you willing to sacrifice them for your anger, I guess. And uh, that was all it took. That was all it took. I was like, well, you know, God, you know, if that's, you know, if you want me to be married, then, you know, who am I to stand in your way, God? Okay, let's go. Let's, let's get down the road. Um, and then like something similar happened last year when I turned 25 because COVID hit. And I was like, well, I'm not marrying somebody just to be married to them for you know seven years if the world's going to die off with COVID. The end times. Mm-hmm. The end times, exactly. Just a little slip in there. But um, the Lord kind of just shook me up again. And he was like, you cannot allow um, your thoughts of me not, not having a plan to disrupt uh, what I'm still preparing in you and what I'm still creating to be this beautiful and glorious thing so um well there's also a point though um one of my former roommates anna um, i'm sure that she will listen to this because she is a faithful listener to your podcast um i will say that this is not original with her um Mm -hmm. i give her credit for this because she's the one that told me um we were talking about trusting God and trusting in the will of God. And she said to me in a way that only Anna can, um, she said, okay, but the way that men trust God is different from the way that women trust God. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, 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 we trust, we trust God, you know? And she said, no, men trust God by putting themselves out there. Men Mm -hmm. trust God by initiating men trust God by saying, okay, here we go. I'm going to, you know, Peter, I'm going to step out of the boat. I'm going to, I'm going to take, take that step. She said, women trust God by waiting. Women trust God by taking a step back and saying, you know what, if this is the man of God that I'm supposed to be with, then he will have the boldness to take an action. He will have the boldness to make a step towards me because how is he going to lead my family if he can't even make this step? Yeah. So Um, but she, I give her credit for that. And she has like totally changed the way that I thought about trusting God, um, completely. Yeah, no, I love that. That men trust God by initiating women trust God by waiting. Here's what I want to talk about just for a minute about while we're waiting and how we wait. You know, the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and, Maybe two years ago, I really started thinking about that. And I was thinking about Rebecca, you know, and how she's not out by the well trying to catch a husband. You know, a random stranger shows up and wants water and she gets him water and she waters all his camels because they were there and because Mm -hmm. they were thirsty and because that's who she was. She was a wife when the servant found her. And Ruth is not out in that field trying to catch a man either. She's honoring the last husband's family by having followed his mother home. And she's engaging in back-breaking labor to help provide for her. She was a wife when she showed up to work. You know, not when Boaz married her. And Deborah is who everyone comes to for advice. And she's standing next to her boy Barak on the battlefield. And she was a wife before that musician married her. She was, a, she was a wife already. And I need to take a side note here to talk about the way I write myself notes 
and I have actually, this is embarrassing on a double level because I have shared these podcast notes with you. And the other day I saw, I saw like in my notes on my iPhone that I had written down as a note that I made to myself and it just says January 38th. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I still don't know like what that was. That's not a date that exists. <laughs> So I just write myself the dumbest notes all the time. And here, for example, is a note that I've written to us about this podcast. And it says, when someone finds me, do they find a pot roast? Which <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but the answer is yes. Okay. And it, it's a decent pot roast. May I, add? I, think, I think that I meant <laughs> when someone finds me, do they find a wife already? And I used to spend a lot of time wondering, as you know, because you were part of it, I used to worry about where my husband was. And now I just worry about who his wife is mm. and who the Lord is making me to be. And we let Jesus take care of the rest of it. Yeah. Why don't you talk about the story about the conversation we had that I had forgotten until you reminded me about God dangling carrots in front of us or are you feeling like that yeah yeah so um along with mindset and like having having a good viewpoint uh this has been this conversation that we had it's been a couple years ago at least mm -hmm. like had to have been a couple years ago um i have never felt um, you know, those people that they're like, I finally broke down and prayed to the Lord. And I said, God, if you want me to be single for the rest of my life, that's what I will do. And if that's what you need to do, then pray that prayer, speak that prayer. Um, but there had been too many godly voices in my life that had spoken to me and had said things like, oh, you and your husband's ministry, like, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be, yes. you know, you're going to impact people. And and um, the biggest struggle for me was getting myself to believe it. And, th and this story that Melinda is referring to goes along with that. I called Melinda and um, I told her, I said, you know, in this journey, along this journey that I'm on um, to finding a mate or finding a spouse, or rather, as the scripture you just read, a spouse finding me, mm -hmm. um, I feel like God has made me all of these promises and God has told me all of these things, you know, that are going to happen. And I said, I just don't see how all of these things can come to pass. And I said, I feel like God is leading me. Like I'm a donkey and he's got a carrot on a stick and he's like, come on, you know, just, just a little bit further. You know, how many times is God going to say soon, soon, soon. Mm -hmm. I just feel like God is leading me to this door that when it opens, it's going to be a big laugh. And, and, you know, I was very discouraged and I, I said, you know, is God just going to lead me to an empty door? You know, is he just going to lead me to a place where he says, ha well, now I got you here. It's how I, you know, I wanted to get you here and that's it. Like just wanted to get you to this point. And Melinda, you said to me, you said, God is not a God who promises a piece of chocolate cake and delivers a lemon wedge. You said, God is a God who always over delivers. Yeah. He said, you open up that door and there's like a 14 tier German chocolate cake 
with a chocolate fondue fountain on the side, like chocolate chips raining from a cloud. Like that is what, that is what our God does. He over delivers. And in the moment, um, I don't even know that I believed you then. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still haven't seen all of God's promises come to pass, but just knowing that God over delivers, I can say that my expectation, um, for what he will do and my excitement for what he will do is like level 12 right now, level 12. Yes. Yeah. I, we had a day in 2017 you know, the one where we're never dramatic, but um, we did go, no one, we did go get a bunch of helium balloons from the the dollar store, which I love some helium balloons anyway. And we wrote letters to the Lord about what we wanted. And then we it was like drizzling out like rainy and we still you know like release them into the heavens um and they actually got stuck in a tree on the outskirts of urshan campus so probably some birds lives were lost as a result (laughs) sorry ozone layer yes we apologize but i had taken a picture of the letter that i wrote I'm glad you did because mine was probably rough and I didn't take a picture of it. Only the Lord knows what that letter said. <laughs> the Lord remembers. Well, I had taken a picture of mine and I went and looked at it um, today. And I just had the holiest moment because I don't know. We're going to be back on this podcast. We're going to be back on this podcast to talk about this. I'm not even going to get into the letters right now because we're going to have a chance to talk about it later. But I do believe with my whole heart that he is a God who over delivers. And there was something so precious. It'll always be so precious about that day that we took to just ask, Mm -hmm. just ask for what we wanted and ask for what we needed. And before we asked, he heard us. And yeah, if I said that there's a 10 tier chocolate cake coming, (laughs) then there is, we can believe what she said because we believe and we know what he said. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. The podcast. Wow. What an accent that I'm having. (laughs) um, I love you so much. I appreciate you. And I love that you wanted to talk about this. So we'll pretend that we're going to be done talking now. I'm just going to quit recording and then we will continue to chat. You've been listening to He Said, She Said, where whether we actually got around to discussing any books or chatting with any bros or not, we are now and always so glad you stopped by to listen. We hope your time here cemented the truth found in the best book ever written and deepened your relationship with a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for pressing play. Thank you for making space. We'll catch you next week. Same time, same place.